G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Disregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to like, subscribe and share it around with your mates. And you can contact me on Instagram at elliot.t.waters. Okay, welcome to a new type of episode, check-ins. Check-ins with Elliot. So I'll get into that in a minute, but I think there's a question that you all have. I think I know what it is. I'm going to answer it first. Elliot, where have you been? Well, it's a very good question. Now, you may remember, I think it was two episodes ago, New Year, New Me. Great episode, by the way. Feel free to go back and listen to it again. It is amazing. Anyway, at the start of that episode, I did mention this idea of overlaying my mood chart, which I sometimes fill out, with a chart that represents podcast episode output. Now, if you were to overlay them together, you would see quite a strong association between good mood and output and bad mood and lack of output. So needless to say, the last two-ish weeks since I did the last episode haven't really been amazing. They haven't been crash hot if I have to be honest, which of course I do, because that is what this podcast is all about. But I will touch on my mood changes shortly. We'll get into that soon. But I do want to offer some insight into what goes into making these episodes. Now, I always imagine podcasters just do one take, boom, it's amazing, upload, that's the way it is. But for me, it is anything but So because I have such a, I don't know, negative disposition, I have the inner critic that is so powerful inside, I cannot stand most of the episodes that I make on this podcast. Usually the episodes that actually make it properly onto the podcast, not deleted, I'm not particularly happy with. It's just that I've been trying so long and so hard to get an episode out that I get frustrated and just go, you know what, that is good enough. I gave it my best shot. I think it's a bit crap, but whatever, it's going up. So what usually happens is I've got notes on my phone and and my computer, and it's full of all these different episode ideas. There's heaps of them coming, get very excited. There is some really great stuff on its way. So anyway, I'll pick the topic that I've done a bit of research on and, and think it's relevant, and I'll do the first run through. Usually I'll get, say, a minute in, listen to it back, hate it, delete it, start again. This will repeat over and over and over again. And then eventually I feel like I'm starting to get it nailed down. We're 10 minutes in, we're going good, and then I stuff up one little word and we delete all of it because it is obviously all rubbish because it's coming from me. That's what the inner critic's saying. That's all part of that negative disposition that I have. So anyway, to give it a bit of perspective, this episode I'm doing right now, which I hope makes it to air because I may just end up deleting this. So if this makes it, hey, how good's that? Hello, everybody. But I have been trying to do this episode dead set for a week. Every day for a week, I've sat in my car and tried to do this episode and just have not been able to churn it out. It is the most frustrating thing in the world. So what can I say? The dysregulated podcast is very dysregulated, just like the guy that runs it. That is me. Hello. And 
more recently, I would say my moods have become more dysregulated. So there's my little segue. Um, but before I get straight into that, I do want to do a bit of explanation what this whole checking in thing is. So my plan is, is this, that this episode will be the first of many, which is all about me, (laughs) where I check in with you guys and say how things are traveling. Because the podcast, I think so far has highlighted a lot of stories and memories and experiences from the past, from my past, um, which I think resonates with a lot of people, which is great. Um, I've attempted to tie in some of the theory and research, the literature, and, and then tie it in with my mental health story so it sort of makes sense, get the context happening. Um, but I haven't focused as much on how things are now or the day-to-day battles, the losses and the wins. So I want to change that, and that is why we are doing the check-in episodes. I'm going to try and do them every Wednesday, but, well, look... I wouldn't hold your breath, dysregulation, we know how it works, but I would at least like to do one each week. So let's look at today. How are we today? I'll tell you what, we are dysregulated. There's that word again, but it's true. My moods are up and down and they do it a lot and they do it a lot very quickly. I am oscillating from the extremes of euphoria and the negative melancholy and I'm doing this every half hour at the moment hour half hour even less sometimes and the thing is there's no real catalyst for it there's no stimulus it's like I don't quite have control and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail shortly but to start with to explain some of how I'm presenting today with this mood sort of thing going on in the last probably two to three weeks We need to look at a medication called lithium. Lithium is the gold standard of mood stabilizer medication. It is used predominantly in bipolar disorder, but it is used off-label in things like depression as well. And it is an Australian invention. An Aussie discovered the utility of lithium when it comes to mental health. A great, great achievement by Australia, right up there with the cochlear implant the Hills Hoist clothesline, which was a game changer, and the Pavlova. And I can hear the Kiwi fans blowing up right now. I don't care what you say. Pavlova is Australian. Anyway, moving on from that sort of stuff, lithium is especially good at reducing the intensity and frequency of manic episodes. And it has been shown in research, time and time again, to be extremely effective at halting suicides and suicide attempts. So lithium overall is pretty good stuff, but it's not without its drawbacks. Now, people with bipolar frequently go off their medications. There's a hint. For some, it's because they start feeling better. They believe they are cured, and who needs these rubbish meds anyway? I feel brilliant. Often, though, of course, it's the meds that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting or at least working in the background to allow those positive behaviors to happen. Anyway, in other cases, the side effect profile of various medications is enough to warrant the cessation of the drug. So lithium has quite a few side effects from increased urine to dehydration. It isn't particularly good on your kidneys or liver. It's not good often with thyroid and people who have thyroid disorders, you know, there's a bit going on. It's not perfect. 
Um, but, but I suppose it's probably now time to spill the beans. I am off the lithium. So after saying all those great things about lithium and how people go off it and it's not a good idea, well, I am that person. Now, I have a long history with lithium. I've gone off it, on it, off it, on it, off it many times. But I think my story, my journey with lithium is coming to an end. And the reasons aren't because I feel better, unfortunately. It's quite the opposite. In my case, to be fair, the medication was good at keeping my mood stable. The problem was stable was low. So we weren't stable at like some sort of baseline. We were down well below that. Yes, we weren't having up and down choppy, you know, moods going on, but we were always depressed. You may remember I'm still battling a depressive episode at the moment. So it also caused different side effects. Some of those I've already mentioned, which which did happen with me, not the organ stuff, which was good, but you know, a few of them did happen. Um, but for me personally, the big ones were an impairment of memory and a sense of cognitive dulling. So when I say memory, like, you know, I'll be telling friends stories and they're like, Elliot, you've already told us, mate. You told us last week. Why are you repeating yourself? And I have no idea that I've told these stories. My attention to detail and my recall of detail is very poor. Very recently, I missed a GP appointment because I was certain that I was meant to go on one particular date, but it was actually this other date. And the reason I got it wrong was because I was looking at the wrong appointment card which was from last year, and I didn't get it through my head that we're in 2022, not 2021. So, you know, not good. And an impairment of memory is a bit scary, obviously, so that's not very good for my anxiety or depression either. So, and then the cognitive dulling. So I am known for being smart, funny, witty, and humble, and and lithium was getting in the way of some of my best work. I just couldn't get my sentences out. And, you know, I knew that there was something really good I wanted to say, but I couldn't quite form it in my mind and then get me to spit it out as well. So now a bipolar patient. So they're the reasons why I sort of went off it. Because one, I think it was contributing to the depressive episode. Bump, bump, that is not what we want. Two, my memory was stuffed, which is very scary and not what you want at this age, 31, that's for sure. And three is that cognitive dulling that I'm talking about. Not so much that I feel like I lost IQ. It was just my ability to connect all the brain regions that come out with something, I don't know, intellectual or funny or whatever. It was just, yeah, diminished. And that was not good because I'm sort of known for being a talker. I need to be good at that. All right. Now, a bipolar patient going off medication is rarely a good idea. It's a bad idea. But I am, and this is true, I will admit that I am still a candidate for a mood stabilizer, just not lithium. So my pick is Lamotrigine. So it is used to treat seizures and also used for bipolar and off-label for depression, much like lithium. Lamotrigine isn't as good with dealing with mania. It's just not. Um, but it is quite good at lifting people out of bipolar depression. Tick, that's me. So quite a lot of research actually now suggests if a bipolar patient presents with predominantly depressive episodes as opposed to predominantly manic episodes, so this is me, more depressive episodes, 
um, that lamotrigine can be used as a first-line treatment ahead of lithium. So I'm a bit confused. I would have thought with my presentation, which is very much skewed towards the depressive side, that lamotrigine would have come up in conversation among my doctors, but I can say this, hasn't been brought up once. But I tell you what, I will be bringing it up at my next psychiatry appointment, which is next week, and I will be stating the case for a medication swap. But there's no chance of going back on lithium because losing your memory, feeling like cognitively dull, these are scary, scary things. And not to mention pinning me down in this sort of depressive zone. Yeah, I cannot go back on lithium again. And as I said, I've been on it and off it. There's reasons why I've gone off it. I've really given it a good go this time. This was the longest I've been on it, I think about two years. Very much did exactly what was on the box. And yeah, I just don't think the results were there. And it's an important point that if you think, for example, your medications or your therapy aren't providing the results that you're after, maybe even working in the opposite direction, definitely speak up about it because, you know, there's a lot of options out there and not all of them are going to work. All right. So no mood stabilizer. So you know what that means? Dysregulated moods and emotions. Yes. The podcast title being tied in beautifully. Maybe I'm not that cognitively dulled. Anyway, I have regained, which is good, these sort of upper levels, I suppose, of my mood. So that euphoria, I'm I'm actually getting a bit of that again. It's been so long. Got to make sure it's not mania though. So I've been keeping a very close eye on it. Um, But the moments I'm talking about this euphoria are pretty fleeting. I'm talking half an hour. I'm talking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then Without any indication, I switch back to this sort of depressive melancholy mode. Really, really annoying. So yeah, the main characteristic of the last two or so weeks um, off lithium is a return to very choppy moods and emotions. So like I said, lithium was actually good at stabilizing me. The problem was it stabilized too low. So the choppy moods and emotions are back. And like I said, swinging from euphoria to melancholy multiple times a day, sometimes multiple times per hour. It is so tiring and frustrating that this happens. But anyway, and I must admit, stimulant medication that I'm on, Vyvanse, Lizdexephetamine, I think is making it a bit worse. I do need, if I'm to continue on the stimulant medication, which I think is working reasonably well, I do need to be on a mood stabilizer because the stimulants can throw you out of whack. And I think that's been happening a little bit as well. And that's the problem. When you're on so many different medications like me, it's very hard to get a picture of what's doing what and and how we can negate some of the side effects. But anyway, we push through. Um, So this evidence of the choppiness um, does suggest, like I said, that a mood stabilizer is still in my best interest. Um, and like I also said before, but it needs mentioning again, the thing that has been so notable is this lack of catalyst or stimulus in most cases or triggers for the changes in mood. Um, so that, so this, I'm not as clear on, this is more of an anecdotal thing for me, but I feel like when mood swings are driven by bipolar, uh, sorry, by borderline personality disorder with me, there are specific triggers. But if it's being driven by, say, ADHD, that's where I think 
there doesn't have to be the specific triggers or catalysts or stimulus or whatever. So I do wonder if, like I said, stimulant medication used with the ADHD, there's a lack of of trigger that I can think of for a lot of these mood swings. This could be an ADHD dysregulation problem more than a BPD one. Interesting. Going to investigate that. I will let you know what I come up with. Um, but that's the thing. If there are specific triggers or events that have an impact, this can, I think, in some ways be a good thing. Now, I know, I know that doesn't sound right, but stick with me. Because to a certain extent, we have a degree of control over if or when we engage with certain triggers, and we may have the ability to avoid uh, such situations altogether, which would be pretty good. Now, obviously, we can't always do that, but at least there's a chance that maybe we can, and that's pretty good. Um, When your moods fluctuate, though, like mine at the moment, without really any logical reason or any perceived input from even me controlling it somehow, um, this makes one feel as though you don't have control over your moods and are at the mercy of life, you could say. I know that's a big statement, but you know, which is dictating terms. So I am just a prisoner of my own mental state. I have no control over anything. I'm locked away in the corner and it's just running wild. Nothing in my external environment is causing this. This is all internal. That is not good because it is hard to get this, I guess, a tangible feeling around what's causing it and being able to come up with a plan to get rid of it. You can do that with triggers and events. For example, if drinking alcohol is a trigger, don't drink alcohol. Or if going to someone's birthday party and there's going to be different people there, come up with a plan on how to navigate that situation. But for me at the moment, it hasn't always been the case, but definitely is now, there is no specific trigger. So it's very frustrating. It's not good news. But I am actively investigating and I'm doing a lot of research. And I'll tell you what, once I find out what the remedy is, you guys will be the first to know, I promise. All right, moving on from that, on to some good news. Tomorrow, I'll be traveling to Sydney to the Black Dog Institute. If you're not aware, I volunteer with the Black Dog Institute. I've done it for almost 10 years now. I give presentations to high school groups, to sporting clubs, you know, you name it. I am there talking about mental health, my favorite thing in the world. So anyway, I'm going to Black Dog to be filmed, telling some of my story, the different techniques I use to overcome psychological struggles and other insights for a new app that they're creating, which is pretty cool. Black Dog tend to create some really great stuff, so it's really quite an honor to be asked to be a part of it, which is which is really good. Um, a little bit about the app, not that I know much about it yet, but I will tomorrow, hopefully. Um, it is aimed at adults. So a lot of the apps and stuff are aimed at sort of teenagers and stuff like that, but this one is certainly aimed at adults, which is good. And those in particular who are suffering from anxiety, depression, or both. And again, from what I've been told, which hasn't been heaps, um, I I am of the belief it's going to incorporate different therapeutic techniques from cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior behavior therapy. See, there's the cognitive dulling I was talking about. Dialectical behavior therapy 
and also elements of acceptance and commitment therapy, etc. You know, taking all the good bits from all of them, putting it into this app, which is pretty cool. So quite recently, probably the last five years, maybe 10 years, more and more research is being produced, which is great, which shows the power of mental health apps. When you've just got on your phone, you can turn it on, do a couple of exercises, and the results are quite compelling. So it's very exciting, that's for sure, and I can't wait to give it a try myself. Um, It'll be a bit of a shock to see me pop up and give some, hopefully some sort of insight or wisdom, which would be cool. We're interested to see how that goes. Um, And I will be filmed, so you can actually see me, which will be a bit scary. Anyway, I'm unsure on when it's going to actually be released, but once I know, you will know. All right, so I think that might do. This is the first episode of Checking In with Elliot Waters. And yes, as I said, it is the aim of it is to say, you know, how things are going right now, day to day. What are we doing to try and combat certain things that are happening today, tomorrow, the next day, etc., as well as yesterday and the day before? Because it is good to talk about stories in the past. That is good. But they impact the here and now, and it's the here and now that we're in and what we really need to try and control and improve if we can. So this is the first one. There's going to be plenty more coming. As always, thank you for listening. Um, Bit of a disjointed sort of random episode, so they might tighten up a bit as we go through. But as I said, I've done so many drafts. I've done so many run-throughs. I've just got to get something up or else we may go insane. Anyway, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I will catch you next time.